You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Gillifer. Susie Hunt. And we are continuing our month of home invasions with episode 139, Hush, from 2016. It's an hour and 22 minutes, directed by Mike Flanagan. Uh, We would know him from Absentina, Oculus, Before I Wake, Ouija, Origin of Evil, Gerald's Game, The Haunting of Hill House, Doctor Sleep, and Midnight Mass. So, done a lot of good stuff. Um, I think, Maurice, I'm going to toss this over to you first, since you're the one who told me to watch this movie very emphatically when it first came out. So what are your thoughts on this film? I love this movie. I came across it when it came out back, what, 2016? Yep. And, you know, I didn't think much of it. I was like, uh, it's a it's a Netflix movie released ex- exclusively to netflix so they're either really good or really bad there's no really in between Mm -hmm. but um and it's it was better than i thought it was going to be i recommend i recommended that movie to anyone everyone and anyone that would listen (laughs) and i don't think one person (laughs) was disappointed by it nope it's just it took me forever to watch it. You kept hounding me, but I was very <laughs> glad when I did watch it. I mean, just put yourself in a situation. It's just, it's just freaky. And it's, you know, it really could happen to someone. Mm-hmm. And it's a scary thought. And she is badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ma- Maddie. Yep. She is badass. And she's, she's a good actress too. I mean, she's, she, Mostly plays in most of Mike Flanagan stuff because I believe they're either married or they're an item. Yeah, but, um, they're a couple. But uh, she's in most of the things he does. You know, she was in the uh, house on or the haunting of Hill House and the haunting of Bly Manor. I think she was in maybe one or two other movies he's done. Wasn't she was she in Midnight a... Mass. Too. Yeah, I'd say I haven't Midnight watched Mass. Midnight Mass. Oh, Midnight Mass was. We should just do a month of Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, movies and series. <laughs> right. But uh, now overall, I love this movie. It's just, it's, it's good. It's creepy. There's nothing bad I can say about the movie. I got nothing bad to say about it. The well, acting's yeah, good. The music's it, good. It moves at a good pace. So like, yeah. it, it's, it doesn't take long to get going. And it doesn't stop until the end. Like, it just we keeps on rolling. We don't even get have long before the reveal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because at first you're like, oh, it's her boyfriend, our ex-boyfriend, Craig. They're right. making it out to be him. And then he takes out the mask. You're like, wow. Like, it's a dirty white boy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, yeah, I love this movie. Well, Susie, what are your thoughts on this? I also really like this movie. I came across it on Netflix 
when it was first released on there. And I was like, I read the synopsis and I thought, this is a really good premise for a movie. And I watched it and I was completely blown away. Like, I think the acting is really good. Um, I think like in a quiet place, the use of minimal dialogue Mm -hmm. is pulled off really well. And I also like the fact that we, we see who the baddie is pretty much off the bat. And I, I completely agree. She's a total badass. I do have a couple questions like vibrations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, did she not feel the vibrate? I feel vibrations when certain things were happening, but yeah. overall, I mean, I really, that's really my only, you know, what about this thing with this film? Mm-hmm. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. I think by the end she did, because <laughs> when, just... he, when he snuck up on her, she, you know, at yeah. the very end kill, she knew he was there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I think she figured out the whole vibration thing, you know, by the end of it. Yeah. And, I, and I have to agree that soundtrack of silence was just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this movie. I'm glad that it made the cut for this month. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with both of you. It, it took me forever to watch this. This is one of those movies I'm ashamed to admit. It took me so long to watch. Um, in fact, we were already doing the show by the time I finally watched it. I watched it in 2019 um, because I forgot what episode it was, but at some point, Maurice asked me, have you seen Hush yet? And I was like, no. And he was like, you need to watch that. And I was like, shit, I really do. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, because when it first came out, I, I remember going to watch it while I was working on a project. And obviously, this is not a movie that you can take your eyes off the screen for a while, especially because, A, there's not a lot of dialogue. And B, what dialogue there is, a lot of it is subtitled because, you know, Maddie. It's sign language. Right. She's speaking in sign yeah. language. So, it's, I kept putting it off. I kept going, oh, I'll, I'll find time to watch it. I'll find time to watch it. And it took me forever. And it was, I, I just remember it was one of those nights after Maurice scolded me. I'm like, all right, I need to watch this. And I was off. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to put this on. And I was so pissed I waited that long because I loved it. It was just such a good flick. And I'm like, wow, I am late to this party. But yeah, I can't recommend this movie enough. This is the type of film... This is kind of what I think about when I think about a home invasion movie. Yeah. That that fear of somebody like violating your home, someone trapping you there and breaking in and, you know, basically holding you hostage in your own house. That's the fear factor for me. Now, my favorite type of home invasion movies are stuff like Don't Breathe and People Under the Stairs, where the people we're supposed to be rooting for are actually breaking into the bad guy's house. I like that right. a lot. But this actually scares the shit out of me. And it, again, it's done very believably. Like, like you know, both of you said, you feel like this could happen, you know. And because she kind of lives off the beaten path, um, there's not a lot of people around, you know. So when she sets off her car alarm, for example, no one's going to hear it. Like, it, it's just there's a lot of scary moments like that where you're like, fuck, what would I do? You know, if I were yeah. in her shoes, what would I do? So... I really like this movie. And the, the other cool thing about it is it's not very gory, you know, and it's not very like explicit. So if I feel like it's one of those movies that like my mom could even watch and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's it's believable on every level, including the gore and violence. So 
yeah, really like this movie. I need to watch. I really need to watch Midnight Mass. Everyone keeps telling me how great it is. Um, I like this guy's work. Mike Flanagan does good stuff. So eventually I'll, I'll sit down and watch it, but I, I haven't yet. So we'll uh, we'll go through the, the cast here. Uh, very small cast. We have the man played by. Man. John. <laughs> right. This is actually going to be the first of two movies in a row where we have a villain named the man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, John Gallagher Jr. He was in Law and Order, Jonah Hex, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, The Belco Experiment, which I would love to get on here, um, Underwater and Westworld. Uh, then we have Maddie, played by Katie Seagal, uh, Ghost Whisperer, Castle, Oculus, uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil, Gerald's Game, The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, all that. Um, John, played by Michael Truco. He was in Charmed, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Wishmaster 4, Prophecy Fulfilled, so you know it's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Law and Order, Castle. One of those movies that I will be probably putting on if we ever return to most hated movies, The Bye Bye Man. That movie is awful. Um, and then Midnight Mass. Then we have Sarah, played by Samantha Sloyan, uh, Castle, uh, Grey's Anatomy, The Haunting of Hill House, and Midnight Mass. And finally, Max, played by Emma Graves. She was in Zombie Hamlet, Pitch Perfect, and in Hell of Dixie. So, not, like I said, not a big cast. It's mostly Maddie and uh, the man. Like, they pretty much carry the entire film. <laughs> but for those of you that have never seen this, the basic premise is a deaf and mute writer who retreated into the woods to live a solitary life must fight for her life when silent... I don't know. Fight for her life in silence when a masked killer appears at her window. So, and like we said, it doesn't take long, man. In the first ten minutes, we're off and running. Yeah. So, uh, we open with the title card and a slow pan to a house in the woods. And I love this because we get a close-up montage of Maddie cooking. And all of the sounds are very pronounced. Like, you hear, like, the sizzling of the pan, like, the closing of the oven. Everything is very, very keyed up. And then slowly the sound fades into silence. And we see Maddie continue cooking. Uh, She gets messages from her friend Sarah asking if she can stop over. And, uh, she, you know, she tells her, sure. And we also see here that uh, Maddie has a cat. She picks up the food bowl and shakes it to get the cat's attention, which is going to be important a little later. Mm-hmm. So the cat comes in, gets her chow. Uh, Sarah comes by, and this is where we find out that Maddie is a writer. She tells her that she finished her book. She absolutely loved it. She asks her a little bit about the writing process, like, how did you come up with the ending? And Maddie explains that um, she has a bunch of endings in her head. And she hears voices kind of arguing over which ending it's going to be. And, and you know, she finally picks one and it silences the voices. That's how she knows it's the right one. And Sarah asks her, you know, like, you know, how, how like, is the voice, uh, what did she say? Is the voice a kid's voice? Because she lost her hearing at 13. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hearing and, she, and speech. Yeah. And from, oh God, what was, I know I wrote it down. Meningitis. Like, yes. Thank you. Bacterial meningitis. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, she tells her it sounds like her mom. And um, so this this whole thing, we like I said, like you said, we find out that she was 13 when she lost her, her speech and, and hearing. Um, so we kind of get right off the bat the the hurdles that this character is going to have to go, jump over when a killer is after her. Um, so there's a big fire alarm. <laughs> we see flashing lights and loud sirens. And Sarah points it out to Maddie and they run inside, realize the food's on fire. 
clean it up. And again, we get Chekhov's fire alarm. They talk about how loud it is <laughs> because the vibrations have to wake Maddie up if she's asleep. Yeah. So that's going to come into play a little later. <laughs> that's, a, that's like the alarm at the hospital. Oh, you God. Think you're, you think you're going in the war? <laughs> the air <laughs> sirens? <laughs> oh, yeah. For a little behind the scenes, folks, when they installed new fire alarms, I don't know why they did this, but specifically on the psych floors, the alarms <laughs> are god awful. They sound like air sirens, like Maurice said. It's it's horrible. They can't even hear me paging overhead to tell them there is a fire and where it is. <laughs> it's awful. But uh, so they quickly take care of the alarm and, you know, they chat a little bit more. And uh, we cut to later that evening. The two are hanging out on the porch talking. Sarah invites Maddie to come back to her place for dinner since Maddie's dinner burned. And she tells her, you know, thank you, but I have to work. So she gives her the book, says you can keep it. And, they, and she, you know, she takes off and heads home. Uh, here we see Maddie gets a text from Craig that just says, thought of you today. She deletes it without even, you know, actually opening it. So, yeah, this is where we get the close-up of Maddie's book. We see her bio, and it says she contracted bacterial meningitis at 13, suffered hearing and vocal lo uh, hearing loss and vocal paralysis uh, after surgery complications. So, basically, they tried to save her, and it went bad. So, we see Maddie working on her next book, and she's going through several possible endings and seems stuck on what to do. We hear all the voices in her head arguing. Eventually, she opens FaceTime and attempts to call Craig. She lets it ring twice and hangs up. Seconds later, Craig calls back and she hangs up on him. <laughs> she looks both <laughs> embarrassed and frustrated. <laughs> um, he tries again and she just closes her laptop and walks away, ignoring it. So she goes about her business cleaning the remnants of the cooking debacle when suddenly Sarah comes running up to the door, pounding and screaming. Maddie can't see her, though. So she doesn't hear her, obviously. Out of the darkness, an arrow hits Sarah in the shoulder, and the masked man comes up, grabs her, and stabs her in the gut, repeatedly killing her. Like, that was brutal. It like, was. Again, we don't see a ton of blood, but just the act, the way he killed her, was like, Jesus. Like, he he was vicious. That poor girl, she was innocent. <laughs> yeah. She yeah, didn't do right? nothing. <laughs> she was just trying <clears throat> to help out her friend. But, yeah, it, ugh, it was brutal. So the killer watches Maddie through the window and begins knocking on it, but Maddie never turns. So he drags Sarah's body away. Uh, Maddie sees Craig trying to call again. She flips her phone over and ignores it and goes back to her computer writing. Uh, or, yeah, I love this, where she, she mockingly writes about how she'll die of old age before ever publishing a second novel. And she's like, <laughs> blah, 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 the end, give me money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good book. Right? <laughs> Very fast read. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's more than a couple writers who have done that already. <laughs> but behind her, we see the killer open the door and just walk right in holding a knife. Suddenly, she gets a FaceTime call from her sister, Max, and the killer moves out of frame before Maddie can see him in the camera. So we get this little back and forth here where uh, Maddie discusses, you know, her writing and how she's having trouble um, Max asks her about her dating life and if she misses living in the city, which she says no because it's too loud, which, you know, that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I think she says it sarcastically. Right, yeah, yeah she, she kind of rolls her eyes when she says it. Um, but behind I like that her, her nickname is Squish. Oh, yeah, yeah, she calls her, her uh, Max calls her Squish. 
And she, oh, she, this is where uh, Max sees something behind her because we see the killer grab Maddie's phone off the counter. And she's like, what was that behind you? And she, Maddie tells her, oh, it's the cat. Like she says the little, mm-hmm. what'd you say? The little bitch is too independent or something like yep. that. Yep. Way. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh, I got to go find her. So they say their goodbyes. And Maddie picks up the cat dish and walks around shaking it, trying to find her cat. She opens the door to the porch, shakes the dish repeatedly, still no cat. She sets the dish down, but leaves the porch door open. Um, So she goes back over to her computer and it's like, I get it. You know, she's trying to let her cat come back, but fuck that. I've seen far too many horror movies. <laughs> that it's like, <laughs> I am not leaving a door open to my house with my back to it. That's yeah. just not going to happen. Especially when you can't hear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I get it. You're out in the middle of nowhere. The chances of a person coming in are, are slim, but. Also, <laughs> lock the door. Exactly. It's like, no, no, no. Hell, even if it was just a raccoon coming in, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so suddenly she gets a picture message from her own phone. So she checks it and sees a series of photos of herself around the house, ending with one of her sitting, you know, sitting at the computer, looking at the messages as she currently is. So she slowly turns and sees the open door. She goes over and sees the masked killer standing on the front porch. You know, if she pauses for a moment, like there's this tense. I love this moment. It's they're both neither one of them moving. It's super tense. And then she rushes for the for the door to close it as he rushes to grab it. And it's like she gets it closed just in time and he just kind of like stares at her through the window. Then he wanders around the property, checking different windows, checking the other doors as Maddie runs and locks them before he can get them open. She quickly tries to call uh, FaceTime 911 and the killer cuts the power, throwing the house into darkness. Which, duh, it's like taking away her one sense there. Like, fuck. But uh, she tries to connect to John and Sarah's Wi-Fi, but needs a password And outside the window, we see the killer open Maddie's phone and waits for her to type in the password to the Wi-Fi. So, like, he's just kind of watching her, like, you know, hey, I'm right here with you. So she freezes and slow and he slowly slides a knife across the window, like scraping it and then walks away. It's like, oh, this guy's fucking creepy. So she goes over to the window and sees him slashing the tires on her car. So she's not going to be able to escape. She then gets some lipstick and a flashlight and writes on the glass of the door, won't tell didn't see face boyfriend coming home and then shines the light on it. Killer walks up, looks at the me- the message, takes his mask off and asks, can you read my lips? She nods. Yes. And he says, well, you've seen it now, haven't you? I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we talked about on the strangers last week. Once they take off the mask, you fucked. Yeah. Like he, he was so confident in it that he was going to kill her. Yep. Yeah. He showed her his face mm-hmm. up front. I'm I'm not going to say who, uh, Maurice, you might know who I'm talking about, but the killer looked a lot like a certain security guard we used to work with. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I kept thinking that I'm like, God, he looks like him. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to name names, but still. <laughs> um, so he then goes on to quote her sister, her and her sister's conversation, particularly the part where Max tells her that she worries about her living all alone. And he calls her squish, just like Max did. Um, he tells Maddie, I can come in anytime I want and I can get you anytime I want. 
but I'm not going to, not until it's time, when you wish you were dead. That's when I'll come inside. He asks her, do you understand me? Nod your head if you understand me. She nods and he tells her, good, now we can have some fun. Enjoy it. And he walks away. I'm like, that dude is incredibly fucking creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Creepy and confident. Yeah. Yeah. Which is scary. Yeah, that no, that's true. When when they just feel like there's nothing that can stop them, that's extra scary. Mm-hmm. But he walks away. Maddie turns off the light and quickly arms herself with a kitchen knife and a hammer that she pulls out from under the sink and knocks out Chekhov's can of Raid. <laughs> <laughs> she then barricades herself in the bedroom. Uh, she crouches down against the wall and watches the door. Suddenly, she sees shadows moving by the window and knocking on the glass. She gets up and sees the corpse of her friend Sarah being puppeteered by the killer, making her bang on the glass while he just smiles at her. I got like, no strings to hold me down. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, she slowly backs away. She drops the hammer. Killer smiles at her and, and you know, makes Sarah's corpse wave at her. Maddie panics and runs out of the bedroom. She breaks down in the living room and cries. And I, and again, I love it. There's no sound. Like, the, the use of sound in this film is so well done. So she remembers her friend putting her phone in her back pocket and realizes she may be able to use it to get help. So she makes her way to the kitchen, gets her car keys, and tries to sound the car alarm, but can't quite get it from where she is. So she slowly slides the, the kitchen door open and uses the fob to trigger the car alarm. Killer hears it. She waits for him to go around front to investigate. And as soon as she does, as soon as he does, she runs to the bedroom window, opens it, leans out and starts searching Sarah's pockets. Again, this part is so incredibly tense because Maddie can't hear. So Mm -hmm. when we hear the alarm turn off, it's like, oh, shit, he's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's so freaky. So he comes back around the corner. Maddie sees him and he rushes her. She goes to slam the window, but he gets his hands in just in time, and he's, like, forcing it open. So she sees Chekhov's hammer, grabs it, and hits it with the claw side in the forearm. (laughs) (laughs) That looked so fucking painful. Sure did. He deserved every second of that. Oh, God, yeah. But you notice how he barely reacted? Like, he just grunted and looked more angry. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he... He was like truly psychotic. Like he didn't yeah. even feel the pain. Like this guy's fucking creepy, man. <laughs> but he reels back, yanks the hammer out as Maddie closes and locks the window. The killer then cuts a length of material from Sarah's shirt and makes himself a tourniquet. He then smiles at her, holds up Sarah's phone and places it on her body. I was like, he doesn't care at all. He's just like, here's the phone you wanted. You know, then he takes one of Sarah's earrings and starts playing with it, smiling at Maddie, and then puts it in his pocket. Which, which will, comes back later. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that'll come back a little later. But uh, so, you know, slowly Maddie walks away. The sound fades out and we see the killer pounding on the window behind her. Maddie hides in the living room and watches as the killer just wanders around the property. There's this very tense moment by the porch door where he's just standing there looking in. It's like, fuck, that's creepy. So Maddie watches as he walks back around the house and she quickly and quietly and once he walks back around the house, she quickly and quietly leaves the house. Uh, This this is by far one of the freakiest parts of the movie because she doesn't know how much noise she's making. And, you know, she's walking on like crunching leaves and shit. I'm like, fuck. 
He's right for you. But she peeks around the corner of the house and sees him coming back around and she hides under the porch. The killer walks past her and up onto the porch. Underneath, she feels the floor like she puts her hand on the on the bottom of the floor to feel the vibrations. And she thinks he's gone. And then when she sees him, she lets out a small gasp. And I love this because it's very subtle. You just see his eyes kind of flick down like he knows she's there. Yeah. And he walks away. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so he walks off the porch and around the house. She makes a break for it. And suddenly a crossbow bolt hits the freaking tree in front of her. So she turns, sees him loading another shot and runs for the door. She gets in and closes it right as, as a bolt hits the door frame, causing her to hit the deck. It's like, fuck, man, this dude is creepy as shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's, he's just toying with her. Oh, yeah. cray cray. To- total cat and mouse game with this one. But the killer calmly walks up to the porch, pulls the bolt out and smiles at her while tapping on the glass. He then just calmly walks away like nothing happened. It's like, fuck this dude, man. <laughs> so she runs upstairs and watches him load another bolt and start walking around the perimeter of the house. Like he's just waiting for her to come back out. She waits for him to make his way, make his way around to the front. And then she climbs out the window onto the roof. <laughs> it's like, damn, OK. She flings her flashlight out into the woods to get his attention. So he goes off to investigate again. She's she's smart, like. Maddie's badass. She definitely deserves to be put up there with awesome final girls because yeah, she kicks a lot of ass in this movie. So she goes to climb down and gets a fucking bolt in the thigh like that oh. hurt. <laughs> now, there's a lot of blood in this scene. Yeah, yeah lots oh. of gore here. When she pulls it out. Ah, fuck. It's so it looks so painful. But I, I do love this entire scene because she pulls herself back up onto the roof while he loads another shot. She peeks over the edge right as he shoots. She falls back like she pulls some Matrix Neo style dodging maneuvers (laughs) because she like drops backward as the bolt flies past her face. It's it's it. It's the Matt Murdock in her. Right. (laughs) Straight up Daredevil here. (laughs) Actually, more badass than Daredevil because Daredevil can hear. Yeah. (laughs) So. But I, I love this because she, uh, you know, she drops back like that. So he misses her, but he can't see that he he didn't hit her. So he goes to to start climbing up. And she pulls the bolt out of her leg. This is where it starts bleeding heavily. Like, oh, it looks so painful. He's climbing up the trellis. She grabs, grabs the crossbow from him and punches him, dropping him back to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the look on his face when she grabs the crossbow because he's like, hey, what's going on here? Like, he just has this shocked look like I didn't plan for that. Oh, man. So he falls back to the ground and uh, she she quickly tries to load the crossbow and fails. So the killer scrambles to get back up to her. She quickly makes her way back across the roof, limping with her injured leg and then throws the, the crossbow into the window and climbs in, closing it just before he can grab her. He stands yeah, up. Oh, good. She has a hell of a time with this crossbow. Oh, yeah. No, I, well, I mean, you got to figure, like, the, I mean, how much, well, it depends on how much, uh, you know, tension there is for that. I mean, because some of them have, like, you know, 80, 100-pound tension. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot to pull back, especially if you're not used to, to, to doing that. That's why they even have, like, the little foot press on the, the front of it, so you can hold it down and yank back with it. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, you got to figure she's, very injured at this point. <laughs> so, 
she ain't gonna have the best time. But uh, yeah, she once she's inside, you know, he's the killer standing outside, like pounding on the window, and uh, he just kind of stands there watching her. And oh, this is where he starts banging his head. Yeah. That, creep me the fuck out because he watches her and then just starts slowly banging his head on the window. I was like, how creepy is this motherfucker? He's not creepy. He's just fucking nuts. <laughs> that makes him creepy. I'm not crazy. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Little Night of the Comet reference. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> so Maddie makes her way to the bathroom to treat her wound. She disinfects it with rubbing alcohol and wraps a tourniquet around it. That, anytime I see that in a movie where someone dumps rubbing alcohol in a massive open wound. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> or peroxide. Yeah. Because like, the just... peroxide bubbles and sizzles. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. I, and that's that's what I my, my parents always used to use to clean out any cut or scrape I had. They'd get the cotton ball and the peroxide and, you know, clean yep. it out. Like, oh. But <laughs> So she picks up the crossbow and notices 13 hash marks on it. And looks shocked as she realizes it's his kill count. Which, that's pretty fucked up. She then goes to, to he's work. Like, uh, he's like Victor Zaz. <laughs> Only instead of, you know, marking himself, it's his crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Zaz is one of those Batman villains that needs to be in a fucking movie. I agree. Like, he's creepy as shit. <laughs> oh, he was, yep. he was really good. The guy that played him was really good in Gotham. In Gotham, yeah. I still haven't watched Gotham. One of these days, I'll, I'll get to it. Every time Victor Zaz was in an episode, I was like, oh, look, it's Victor Zaz. <laughs> <laughs> he was one so, of my favorite villains. I just remember him from a handful of comics, and, and he was always creepy. Like, I, I thought he was a great villain. But considering the, the fact that every Batman movie, now I haven't seen the newest one. I'm going to watch that this weekend, hopefully. Um, every Batman movie wants to go darker and darker. I feel like... Just fucking pull out Victor Zaz and let him go on a killing spree. Right. <laughs> let's, right. let's just have a good Batman horror movie. But anyway, she, uh, you know, she goes to, to try to load the crossbow and she can't draw the string back as, you know, Maurice was saying there. And the killer just watches her through the window, just smiling. Just then, John, Sarah's boyfriend, knocks on the door looking for Sarah. The killer hears him and goes to check things out. John notices the writing on the glass and goes to call the cops when the killer suddenly approaches, shining a flashlight at his face and pretending to be a cop himself. Now, this part, man, this is one of those scenes in a movie where an, the audience knows what's going on. And like the bad guy is tricking a good guy. And you're just like, fuck, no, don't believe it. Right. I know. But in like real life, you're like, what would you do in that situation? Right. Like, would you be as observant as John is? You know, or would you just be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. You know, it's like, I feel like most of us would be at least most people listening to this show would be observant enough to be like, why ain't he in uniform? Right. <laughs> like, right. What, what's going on here? They don't send out a plainclothes cop. Right. It's like this don't make no sense. But basically, he gets John to comply with him, explaining that he's here to investigate a disturbance. Someone ran out, knocked him out cold. And when he woke up, he didn't have his gun or his walkie. John looks conflicted on whether or not, you know, he believes this guy, but he goes along with it and answers his questions like who lives here? What are you doing here? Etc. The killer then asks to use John's phone and he fakes a call into the police all while John is watching him, clearly not buying what he's selling. Hmm. 
the killer then slides his phone back into his pocket, you know, like like he take, basically tries to steal John's phone. Mm-hmm. And John notices his arm and asks what's wrong with it. The killer plays it off saying he got injured when the guy plowed into him. He's like, oh, it's a big guy. Kind of your size, you know. Linebacker to, type. Yeah. Tries to turn it back <laughs> around on John. <laughs> and um, John's like, can I have my phone back? And he's like, oh, oh, silly me. I forgot. And hands him back his phone. When he does this, Sarah's earring falls out of his pocket and John notices it. So he asks, he then asks the killer about the call he responded to. And the killer tells him dispatch called him. And John says, well, it couldn't have been Maddie that called as she's deaf and mute. And the killer plays it off and comments, well, it must have been your girlfriend then. Cut to Maddie struggling with the crossbow one last time before giving up. We see her fingers are just fucking bloody and raw from pulling that string back. Yeah. I was like, oof, that just looks painful as hell. So back to John and the killer. John knows something is up and tells the killer that he can't be certain, but he thinks there's a spare key in the large planter at the bottom of the stairs. Killer goes to take a look. John grabs a rock. The two talk a bit more. John waits for the killer not to be looking and goes to hit him. But Maddie hits the window, causing John to look up. So it's like, ah, fuck. (laughs) So he looks up. The killer stabs him in the throat. John struggles to stop the blood and take a swing at the killer who dances around him, stabbing him some more. Telling him how Bye-bye. he. Well, I and he John still holds his own here too because the killer goes. I figured I had a two in ten chance of beating you in a fair fight because you're so damn big. John falls. The killer goes to get in close, and John grabs him, putting him in a chokehold. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck <laughs> you!" <laughs> that he mouths at Maddie to run while the killer passes out. We see Maddie run for it. The killer comes up behind her and bashes her brains in with a rock. Maddie looks at the camera and says, you can't run. We then see Maddie watching the scenario like one of the possible endings to her book. So we see John finally die and loosen his grip on the killer, who who gasps and comes back to. Like, so he's finally waking back up. Back in the house, we see Maddie listening to the voices in her head playing out the possible endings. You know, it's basically like using the crossbow, how that could play out. You know, saying that it's it's a long range weapon. You'd have to hit him from far away. If you miss, there's too you know too many things that could go wrong. They talk about getting the power back on. We see her running out and trying to get the power back on and getting killed by the killer. You know, hiding, etc. Basically, all of them are going to end very badly for her. She realizes she's bleeding out. Her fingers are turning blue and her vision is fading. The clock is ticking. So she's like, can't run, can't hide, can't wait, can't go outside. Or if you go outside, you're dead. All of this only leaves one ending he won't expect. And then Maddie signs, kill him. So I was like, ooh, that's badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, ooh, she just got, she just got cool. <laughs> but outside, we see the killer robbing John and commenting, yeah, I never could have won that fight. <laughs> he gets, <laughs> gets a tire ironed out of his trunk, of the trunk of his car and sits down for a smoke. Commenting, commenting to John that he needs to wait a bit longer. Let her bleed out a little more. He doesn't want to get risk or he doesn't want to risk getting shot. Then Maddie's cat, bitch. <laughs> I love that her cat's name is bitch. Yep. <laughs> comes running up and the killer leans, leans down to pet her and talk to her. He grabs her and says, don't worry, you'll see mommy very soon. Or at least she'll see you nailed to the fucking door. He takes out his knife and boom, gets shot in the shoulder with the crossbow. Mm-hmm. You don't fuck with bitch. That, <laughs> exactly. With her bitch. You don't fuck with her bitch. <laughs> That's right. Like, you don't kill the cat. No, 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 that's not a lot. But 
<laughs> he sees Maddie on the porch and rushes her. She rushes back inside, drops the bolt on the porch, goes to grab it, and the killer slams the door on her hand, trapping her. This scene, oh my god, he proceeds to stomp and crush her fingers. And I'm like, ugh, it's so fucking painful to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck, man. Uh, ah. But he then snaps the bolt and tells her, I'm coming in. Maddie gets up, staring him in the face in the window, dips her finger into her own open wound, and writes on the window in blood, do it, coward. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, <laughs> she ain't fucking around. So he goes to get the tire iron. Maddie goes over to the computer and types out a description of the killer, along with a note saying, love you, mom, dad, and Max died fighting. While the killer bashes on the window behind her, trying to break in. And again, this is all in silence. Like, I, I love the use of sound in this film. Yeah. She gets up, grabs a knife, heads to the bathroom to wait. She sits on the floor. Her vision begins to blur. Behind her, we see glass falling in the tub. And again, all in silence. The killer steps in through the window behind her and crouches down into the tub. He sits behind her saying, you know what? You're holding out on me. He pulls his knife and says, I bet if I hit the right spot, I can make you scream. He then laughs. Maddie feels the breath on the back of his back of her neck. She spins right as he goes to stab. So his knife misses her and she stabs him in the leg. She quickly gets up and scrambles out of the room while he screams. She makes her way to the kitchen. Vision blurring more and more. She falls and leans against the counter. And I fucking love this scene because <laughs> the killer hobbles over, over to where Maddie is laying. It says, you fucking cunt. Without skipping a beat, Maddie sprays him in the eyes with Chekhov's raid. Yep. <laughs> causing him to scream like a little bitch. I laughed so fucking hard at that because he was just like, you fucking cunt. And she's like, meh. <laughs> I'd like that. Raid for the cockroach that he is. Oh, man. I, I literally paused the movie because I was laughing too hard at that scene. <laughs> she then gets up and turns on her extremely loud fire alarm. He screams and backs away because he can't hear or see shit. She just keeps shining the strobe at him, you know, taking out his vision and hearing. So now basically, you know, he they're on even playing field. You know, he, dro he drops the knife and struggles to see what the hell's happening while he fumbles around knocking shit over, including a corkscrew, which is going to come in handy in a second. He knocks her, to the, uh, knocks her to the floor and they begin to fight. He starts choking her and bashing her head against the floor. We hear Maddie's heartbeat begin to slow as her life begins flashing before her eyes. She finally grabs the corkscrew and stabs it through the killer's throat. And again, I love the use of sound here because it's like she stabs him all in silence. And when she pulls it out and he loosens his grip on her, all the sound comes flooding back. I was like, ah, it was so brilliant, brilliantly used in this film. Yeah. But he gurgles and sputters until he finally slumps on her dead. Maddie throws him off of her, gets the phone out of his, out of his pocket, and calls 911. She staggers out to the porch where her cat waits for her. <laughs> we see the police arriving. The sound cuts out. Maddie closes her eyes and smiles. Credits the end. Like I said, it's a very quick film. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, what, an hour and 21 minutes? Uh, 22. But yeah. It's it, like a it, very special episode. Right. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it, the, the Strangers was very quick, like we said last week, but they wasted time 
Like the strangers was constantly like, oh, are you scared yet? Are you scared? Like it was just constantly wasting time. This it's like every fucking scene matters, and I love it. It's just ah, oh, I can't say enough good about this movie. It really is a fun flick. So yeah, wow, we got through that one really fast. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. there isn't a lot of dialogue. I right, have no songs to sing about it. <laughs> But there's yeah. nothing like and like we said, there's nothing really bad to say or like sit and think, you know, criticize. It's just yeah. Start start to finish, good movie. Like there's yeah. nothing to like you know, it's I, I figured it was gonna be a short episode because when I was doing my notes, I was like, Man, I'm not writing down much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean normally <clears throat> I mean you guys have seen my 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 notes because I have your you know, novels. The, yeah, the yeah. movie kind of like yeah. typed out. But this is six pages, and that includes my page of credits and trivia. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it really is just one of those films that it it starts moving, it doesn't stop. That like I said, there or like you guys said, there's not really any dialogue. I think there's uh, wait, I have it, I have it written in here somewhere. Yeah, fifteen minutes of dialogue. That was in the in the trivia. So the the film contains less than fifteen minutes of spoken dialogue, meaning that more than seventy minutes occur without a single word spoken. So. This film is just, you know, it, it, it doesn't waste time. This is a good example of when you want to trim the fat off of a horror or action movie, like how you do it. Because right. I can't think of a single scene that they could have cut. Everything is just, yeah, yeah that's important. And, that's important. Yeah. And they didn't have to add anything. It's like all there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, get, you get these same type of movies that are like an hour and 45 minutes. And it's just you know, 20 extra minutes of filler that you don't need. Right. Well, <laughs> the strangers, like we said last week, we're like, you know, this movie could have been 20 minutes shorter. And just like you said, Susie, a very special episode. <laughs> it could have just been an hour and seven minutes and that would have been fine. Well, exactly. The strangers was only what an hour and 15. Ah, it was, I want to say like, a, I think it was an hour and 20 something. I could be wrong. Oh, it, it was an hour and 28 minutes. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. But it was uh, it was definitely an hour and twenty eight minutes too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but not much trivia on this. Uh, like I said, the the fifteen minutes of dialogue. The, this was only filmed in eighteen days, so they filmed it really quick as well. Um, there's a little uh, note here that says Mike Flanagan didn't want the film to be pure silence. So he added various ambient sounds, such as an ultrasound machine. So some of that, like, beating sounds that we hear is an ultrasound machine. Yeah, that's, um, why, that's why I like the soundtrack so much. <laughs> you're, you're a big fan <laughs> of ambient noise. Yeah. It was funny to sleep, though, watching it. Now, yeah, this is not a movie you can watch when you're tired. <laughs> it's, very, <laughs> it's very quiet. But um, apparently uh, Katie Seagal and uh, Mike Flanagan role-played each scene in their house before writing it down. This enabled them to get a better vision of how the characters would react in the face of danger. It's like, that's kind of cool, though, because that's probably how they figured out how to not waste any fucking time. They practiced mm -hmm. each scene out. Yeah. But uh, also, I mean, I'm sure you guys know this. I didn't. But uh, the, the book that Maddie wrote is called Midnight Mass. Yeah. And some of the details uh, in the Netflix series are, are, you know, basically that it's what is it the main location isolated Croc, uh, Crockett Island uh, is spelled here. Cro it's spelled a little different, but it's the same place that the book takes place. 
and the main protagonist Riley and a church are mentioned and the main female protagonist of the series Aaron is mentioned by Sarah along with Riley. So basically the character names are a lot similar. But uh, there's a there's a quick shot of several books of the that the main character owns. Among them are Stephen King novels, Revival, Under the Dome, and most notably Mr. Mister Mercedes, which is very similar to the plot of this movie. I was gonna say I thought I I I thought it was Mr. Mercedes. I saw Stephen King. I wasn't sure. Uh, I was like, I think that's Mr. Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Flanagan's a huge Stephen King fan. Apparently, yeah. King's a fan of this movie and Midnight Mass or not Midnight Mass. Uh, Haunting of Hell House. Yeah. I think he's a fan of uh, uh, Midnight Mass, too. Oh, I'm sure he is. <laughs> but, I, I think he tweeted, like, when it came out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is... I can't really recommend this movie enough. If if you're... Even if you're not really a horror fan, and you're just, like, a fan of a more, like, thriller. thriller? Yeah. yeah. It's... You know what it felt like to me is you have you guys seen your next? No. Wait, I don't oh. think so. Oh, oh, you gotta watch it. It's so good. But I think we saw that in the theater. No, no, I didn't because that was one I wanted to see in the theater really bad and I couldn't. Um oh, maybe, I but I, maybe I saw it in the theater. I don't know. I think you did because I remember wanting I wanted to go and I couldn't go. Um but this is one of those ones that I bought as soon as the DVD came out, like sight unseen. I was just like, I'm going to buy this movie. And <clears throat> this reminds me of that in the sense of the the final girl is fucking badass and no time is wasted. Like every scene in that movie is just like something else interesting to see. So but again, it's more of a thriller. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it has its horrific moments, but it's definitely more thriller than than horror. So highly recommend if you like if you like this or if you like that, watch this. If you like this, watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and and also for you horror fans out there and Mike Flanagan, I keep on telling Mike. He doesn't listen to me. Mike Flanagan? <laughs> Mike you keep Elvis. telling Mike Flanagan? Oh, OK. Too many Mike's being mentioned. Um, I know. Seriously. <laughs> I know Ouija sucked. Mm-hmm. But Mike Flanagan's Ouija, Ouija, uh, Origin of Evil. Origin of Evil is a million times is, better. Is it tits? <laughs> it's tits. I I do want to see it based on the fact that I loved Oculus. And oh, I such a good movie. I remember seeing yep. the trailer for that and thinking it looked dumb as hell. And it wasn't until Maurice was like, dude, you gotta watch it. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, t- you know, Mike Flanagan needs to send me a check. <laughs> yeah, you're always pimping his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, and this this happens from time to time where I'll think a movie looks dumb, and and you'll have either like a reason to watch it because like you like the like you liked Blumhouse or Blumhouse, so you that's how we went to go see um, uh, Truth uh, or Dare. Truth or Dare, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that looks so fucking dumb. You're like, it's Blumhouse though. It might be worth watching. And you were right, like I, like I've said multiple times. But I forgot what it was about Oculus that made you watch it. But I remember talking about it when it first came out. Oh, my girlfriend's in it. Karen Gillan. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Because I remember going, dude, that looks dumb. I'm not watching that. And then after you watched <laughs> it, you were like, I'm telling you, you should watch it. And again, one of those nights where I'm like, eh, I got nothing else to do. What the hell? I'll put this on. And I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was so damn good. <laughs> So, yeah, 
that's why I always say, like, you know, when when you recommend a movie, I usually will watch it because very few have we disagreed on. <laughs> yep. I mean, there there have been a few, but <laughs> uh, I won't bring up it follows. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I, I thought you were gonna say Blood Rage. <laughs> <Back to you. laughs> yeah, you, I, just just to, to warn you man i've i've been protecting you because a couple patrons uh have been saying like they were going to use their their patreon vote to be like i'm gonna make you guys watch blood rage again <laughs> so, no we can't we can't do double movies yeah that's i'm like no 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 guys we can't double dip <laughs> even even though we might be doing that soon uh, <clears throat> nothing um we're not we're not really double dipping. No, 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 that's not happening. Um <laughs> But no, that uh I just thought that was funny. Like so many people want to to make you watch Blood Rage again. <laughs> that that'll be that'll be the week that I have to sit out. I well, something will come up that week. Maurice will have to work <laughs> overtime. He won't be available. <laughs> oh man, but so I know this is super short. So this is a very special episode of our episodes. <laughs> yes. Um, but does anybody have any closing statements? Uh, closing yeah. thoughts? Yeah. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's on Netflix. So you, ninety-eight percent of people have Netflix. Yeah. You either you, you either pay for it or you're using someone's password. Yeah. Exactly. Name, so watch. <laughs> they don't share passwords. Also, Netflix lost. I think it was 200,000 subscribers. Yeah, that's the most wow. they've lost in over 10 years. You know why? Because most of their content that they put out now sucks. See, I don't I don't think I watch enough of anyone's streaming. No. Uh, I, I kid, it doesn't suck. But the problem with Netflix is when they do get good series on there, they cancel them after one season. And ah, yeah. Cowboy Bebop. never. It never explained to anyone why. And it turns, it's, <laughs> it turns a lot of people off. You know, yeah. like you're canceling these really good shows. They're get, they're highly rated. They're highly talked about. But you're not telling us why you're canceling them. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I really do. I think it turns a lot of people off. I think also now just uh, like with stuff like HBO Max and, uh, you know, just how prevalent things like Hulu and, and oh. Amazon have been. Hulu, I'm, Hulu has been putting out home run after home run. Yeah, original shows, movies, you name it. It's like they're they've been hitting it out of the park. Well, and then and that's the thing. Like even stuff like Paramount Plus is now getting a lot of play. So yeah, I'm really digging Halo. Never I, played I the game. We haven't, haven't started never played yet. the game. Never played the game, so I don't know. I've heard of the Master Chief. Yeah, that's as far as I know, but I'm I'm four episodes in. I'm really digging it. So, see, I only ever played the first game and I don't think. Yeah, I never played it to completion. <laughs> like yeah. I, I played it and I was like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. Like, I get why it's so popular. But for a first person shooter to really grab my attention, I have to really like the story. Um, and I mean, the story wasn't bad. It just wasn't my cup of tea, per se. Um but the one complaint I did hear about Halo, and now, again, I don't know because I haven't watched it, but I've heard people bitching about you see Master Chief's face. Yeah. And that's a, a huge no-no in the game mythology. Yeah, so, I, but it's, it's the gamers who are complaining, just like any other thing. If Right. You know, if you never played the game or you never did this or that, 
you're going to love the show or movie, but if you played the game or whatever, you're going to have complaint after complaint. And it's just, just watch it. Do you want to see the same stupid thing played over again? Like, thank you. Let's, let's change <laughs> it up a little bit. <laughs> that is actually something that we will be talking about soon on uh, uh, raised by rentals, rental rant. <laughs> Cause we, we have a whole episode dedicated to uh, adapting things so adapting you know video games to movies or you know comics or novels or whatever and the bitching and complaining that comes along with that and um just to give you a little taste i am a firm believer and if you adapt something keep the core story but give me something new how many times do you want to see uncle ben die right <laughs> right <laughs> seriously <laughs> exactly we don't need the same origin story over and over again and at this point with most properties you know, we have enough of them out there. Like, there's enough Batman properties that if you don't like the new one, watch one of the old ones. You know? <laughs> it's oh, like... I know you haven't seen it yet, but it's like the biggest complaint is he's too emo. So what? It's a it's, different universe. It's, it's Batman. It's, Batman is it, emo. <laughs> he is very emo, and I don't know why where everyone's getting this where he's not. <laughs> like, he's read a freaking batman comic book <laughs> <laughs> and tell me bruce wayne is not emo <laughs> maurice is about to throw down i was gonna say we got maurice fired up i love it yep well, I'm, you know, I'm, i don't know i'm just tired of hearing it i mean <laughs> you gotta do your homework before you complain agreed agreed well it's it's like i remember when uh when the harry potter movies were coming out a lot of fans of the novels were bitching about the most like the the tiniest fucking details that were left out of the movies. And I know there were big parts of the story that was changed to fit, you know, a film like a, a, a film format. But, you know, it wasn't necessary to the plot. So that's mm -hmm. how you properly adapt something. You're going to have to cut certain things and, you know, you change things to make the story flow better. So, but I remember people bitching about stuff like the hair, like people's hair wasn't right. And I'm like, that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, <No. laughs> Stop it. But yeah, people will bitch about every little detail of a property they love. And uh, it, it drives me crazy. It's like when, when The Walking Dead was, was super hyped and it was veering off the comic book and you had people bitching and it's like, dude, I want them to do that. I want them to keep me on my toes. I read the comic book. You know, I don't need a shot for shot reproduction of the fucking comic book. I think we learned from the psycho remake that shot for shot rarely fucking works. Ugh. Right. Like, and you know, the same thing with uh, amazing Spider-Man with Electro. Oh, he's, he, he's black. You know, he's African-American. It's yeah. like, well, in this universe, he's African American. Yeah, this Who the is fuck not. Cares? This is a different universe, so right. they can they can do whatever they want to do, change color of people. Yeah, they can change their hair. They can change it from a male to female. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I you know people just need to relax. Well, Unlike it, me right now, who's you're real fired, fired up. <laughs> fired, I'm fired up. Well, it's Cause, like because I'm sick and tired of the whiners out there. Oh, dude, I'm right there with you. We need to get you on a rental rant with us. <laughs> but no, like I, uh, I might do all the talking. <laughs> hey, that sounds good to me. But but no, like it's it's like I, I was I was just watching the you guys saw the new Thor trailer, right? 
Oh, no, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Oh, I'm so fucking excited for it. Oh. Well, okay, uh, Susie, do you know anything about it? Like, I know Natalie Portman is the new Thor. Okay, so you know about the James Well, Hall. she's yeah. a Thor. Yes. A Thor. Now, it's, it's okay, it's like with that. Like, people are already complaining about that. And I'm like, dude, it happened in the comics. It was a very big seller. A Marvel. huge, huge yeah. seller. Like, outselling the regular Thor Marvel knows what they're doing. Trust me. <laughs> like, but of course, people are just like, hey, hey, not Thor. Thor's a dude. Like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut Thor's up. a dude. Just, just, just like I said two minutes ago, read. Go do your homework. <laughs> Those are very good books, The Mighty Thor. See, now, I haven't read them, but I want to. Like, it's, it's, I, because I was out of comics by the time that was happening. And I was like, no, they were good. I, I read the first, um, I think 25 issues before I stopped or it ended. Yeah. I, ca- I can't remember, but yeah, it was very good. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean the, the bitching it, it's going to happen no matter what. And it, it's, it's like we talk about with remakes, which we'll be getting to next month. You know, people are always going to bitch. People are always going to complain. You know what? There's still an audience for it. So if it's oh, not, wait. what's that? <laughs> I was going to say, wait till Hellraiser comes out and it's a female. Oh, oh, I'm already seeing man. People okay. are losing their ever loving mind. <laughs> Ooh, I that one I think pisses me off more than any other one of these complaints because it's like okay, the source material, Pinhead is specifically like gender neutral. Mm-hmm. They talk yep. about him being very or it being very. Like, not having a sex, not having anything. Like, you don't know anything. It sounds both male and female at the same time. Like, you don't know anything. It's it's a demon. Yep. <laughs> this is not yep. a gendered Absolutely. human. It is a fucking demon. Same thing with uh, Death coming up whenever that comes out in the Sandman series on Netflix. Yep. Right. If, if it ever comes out. Well, because, you know, they made, the, the, I think the actress is African-American or Hispanic. I can't remember which one, but it's like Death is anything it wants to be right this is this is a construct this isn't human beings (laughs) but yeah i'm excited as fuck for the new hellraiser like i can't wait you know especially because it's it's they're they're working with clive barker they're pulling from the hellbound heart i'm excited as hell to watch this i i'm i'm so especially with the the well we talked about revelations but with the shit we were getting (laughs) like oh lord give me new good hellraiser i'm excited Yes. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they do with the Sandman. Like I'm uh I hope that does come out because it's gonna be so good. <laughs> yep. Oh man. We really went off topic here, but that's fine. We it was we, did. we, we, we had to extend the episode. I mean, we're at what? Now we're in twenty minutes now. <laughs> it's it's not out. like we retold, you know, an old podcast to make filler. Right. <laughs> this isn't Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Yeah. There we go. That's what I'll have to do in the editing. Just take clips of old episodes. Yeah, there you go. That that's what we should do for an anniversary special. Be like, so we're we're gonna do a sequel uh to one of our episodes and just play the old episode <laughs> over. Yep. And just have a new bookend. Hope you folks enjoy. <laughs> oh, we were so loose Patreon subscribers. Um <laughs> 
But no, this actually the recording right now. Uh, I know we've been on the phone a little bit longer, but or been on Skype, I should say a little bit longer. But the recording as of right now is only an hour and twenty seven seconds. So <laughs> this is this is a shorty. Um, I think oh, we're only is... an hour right now. Yeah. <laughs> Even with the rant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. We, oh, we had... the... It's a good thing we did do the rant. We ended the actual movie at 40-something minutes. <laughs> but I, I don't but, think we've had a short one like this since Henry. And that was because we didn't know what to say about Henry other than, uh. Right. <laughs> don't diddle your sister and no corpse no corpse right. diddling and sister fucking. Exactly. And the rest uh, we didn't want to mention because we didn't know if it was okay to say. Right. So right. we just didn't say anything. But, um. <laughs> Don't let the now for you folks listening. Don't let the short episode fool you. It's a really good movie. Hush yeah. is a really good movie. Oh, absolutely. There's just not a lot to say because there's very little said, and there's a lot going on, but not anything we can really go on about. Like I said, there's nothing really bad. Yeah, that we can criticize. I mean, there, you know, all we did was talk positive about the you know the good scenes. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're really, I mean, other than like, I know Susie, you had mentioned there were some scenes where it's like, how did she not, you know, like feel him right there, that kind of stuff. But like, there really isn't much to criticize. Right. You know, it's, it's very well done, very well acted, you know, and like we, like I, I've said multiple times now, there's no wasted time. Unlike our recording of this right now, where we're totally filling time. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like, it it really does move at a at a wonderful clip. It's it's one of those rare examples of a film where you don't want to get up and go to the bathroom. You know, you don't want to pause it because it's just what's going to happen next. Oh my god, what's going to happen next? And it just yeah. keeps on going. So, I think it's a great film. Uh, I think we all agree on that. This is the the first one this month that we all well, no, I mean we all like Don't Breathe, but we all had some shit to say about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We all hated The Stranger. So actually, yeah, we are in agreement this month. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I think we're uh, I think we're going to wrap this up here. So let's get to the social media. Uh, if you guys aren't following us on social media, we are The Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter. And what is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's The. Thank you very much. Uh, we are still doing our giveaways. Uh, we, we had a little hiccup there for a while. There was just a lot going on. So we did two last month. Uh, but the April one is up and running. So you still have a chance to to get in on that. Um, we're already putting together May's prize pack for our, our big anniversary month. And uh, yeah, so if you guys are interested in winning some free swag, go and check out us on this or check out our social media and uh, enter for a chance to win. We also have a Patreon where uh, it's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as one exclusive episode per month. And um, some of these episodes have quite a bit of rant. Some of them have a little bit. Like last week's definitely had like a a good 15 additional minutes added on at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, definitely if you're into hearing us rant, check that out. Um, we are part of the Rad Pantheon Network. So if you like this podcast and want more of this type, Check out RadPantheon.com and RadPantheon on all the social media. We've got a bunch of other podcasts, a lot of artists, musicians, just basically cool people doing cool stuff. Um, Our next episode, for those of you that like to watch before listening, is going to be episode 140, The People Under the Stairs. We are finally getting around to that Wes Craven gem. So, yeah, 
think we're going to wrap it up here. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. <laughs>